Welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. How's it going, Andy? I can't complain. I am. I am. I'm stepping into the future. <laughs> you, uh, how so? I, as we talked about before recording, I got my first VR headset. I got the Oculus Quest Two. I'm all about it. I'm. I'm all in for VR. Well done, Andy. Congratulations! I'm I'm proud of you. You sound you sound less excited about it. No, I'm just annoyed because I bought the older generation for more money. It's still fine, I'm sure. It's still, it's still good. Great. It's still good, but I yeah. yeah, I'm now just jealous. I mean, you could afford. This is not an ad for Oculus Quest Two, uh, but it's only three hundred dollars. So it's it's you could you could get both and give one to a relative, give the other one to like a a niece or nephew or something. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that right now. Let's get our guest on. Yes, let's do it. I believe a returning guest, but not for a long time. I, I'm right about uh, we that, had, right? We, we had him as recently as seven years ago. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. it was back in the Jesse era. It was in Bluebell, and we, have, we haven't got around to getting him on again since, which is bad of us, because it's very funny. It's James Austin Johnson. Hey, James. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Definitely Maybe Science. <laughs> I'm your host, James Austin Johnson, and it is so great to be here with my guests, Matt Gershon and Andy Wood, guys. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Thanks, so, man. And I have been dying to get you guys on the pod for a long time. And <laughs> long, time long time listener myself. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. That's always great. And we have an ad. We do have an ad this week. It is from Serta Mattresses. Serta, you are sleeping now. So thanks for being on the show, guys. <laughs> Use promo code definitely maybe for 20% off of your mattress. And can, can I pitch? Can I pitch an alt? Um, yeah, yeah, a slogan yeah. for the company. Let's take um, are, are, are you sleeping comfortably, Serta? Serta, I see. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I oh, maybe maybe you know we're recording this. Serta, we're recording this before Halloween, so maybe it should be like uh, I Serta know what you did last. <laughs> or something yeah, like yeah. That. Oh, that. That's a good point, though. Should should this episode be the uh, probably science spectacular? I think so. I think it's so. Um, yeah, this should. I have my candles lit, but I always, I always have my candles. Yeah. Lit. Do, do we have a sort of church or org, like organ music version of the probably science theme that's slightly out of tune? Hey, get ready to throw a big echo on this right here. We don't have an echo effect, but listeners, okay. if you want to just um, you put your phone or whatever you're listening to the podcast on in like an empty tin can yeah, bucket uh, and replay that little bit of James. Yeah, that was my impression of Mitch McConnell, which I'm really famous for. Is uh, I do oh, that God. He really did do just an evil person laugh in the most... Yeah, <laughs> yeah like an H.R. Giger uh, style monster <laughs> laugh. Like it was like almost it bordered on a cluck. You know how like they when they're doing Foley for like a fantasy movie or something and they like record a chicken and then like do a bunch of effects to it or something like right, that. Right, right. Slow down the chicken. Yeah, his laugh was like no, no, no. It sounded like <laughs> it sounded like when they I think I watched a thing on those remember those Lord of the Rings DVDs where they have twenty DVDs explaining how they made every sound effect. Right. And right. uh they got the Balrog by I think dragging a cinder block along the sidewalk. That was how they got the big demonic uh. croak of the balrog and that's the first thing i thought of when i heard mitch mcconnell chuckling 
Yeah. God, he is. It's he's like a xenomorph with like nested jowls instead of mouths. Like the jowl opens and another jowl comes out. He has and this smaller I, jowl. I don't than, think there's a single person in politics that I loathe more. Yeah. Oh, it's really it's it's amazing. I mean, I can't I can't believe like everything makes me mad about the world these days. But like the the Barrett thing, I cannot believe we let this happen. I, I don't know. I don't know how we could have not let it happen. But like how four years ago. Did this? Did Garland not get pushed through, and this happened? I mean, I don't understand. I'm like, it. it's why didn't why didn't RBG just retire when we had oh, well, all the machinery? Don't, yes, but don't <laughs> say that because our. I mean, I I've, when this happened, Brian Cook, when in the early days of Trump's administration, was like RBG has fucked us all because she's not going to live through this term, <laughs> and it was very selfish of her not to. I'm like, oh, that's that's problematic to say. Exactly what he said happened. Exactly, exactly. what he said. Yeah. Erases all of the good she ever did. And if you look up the stats on ages of retirement, it was totally precedented for her to have left. I, I don't think it erases all the good. But I mean, it's pretty much, dude, pretty much. Four, we're going to have 40 years of Barrett. She's like, she's 47. Yeah, it's like she, she cracked open that glass ceiling and it just let in every monster from the I'm not saying it's bad to do that. I'm saying it's like they're capitalizing on a good thing and doing as much bad with it as they possibly yeah. can. That's that's what I'm trying to say about it. It's like, yeah. oh. Sorry, I didn't mean to totally. It's just like she got the first cancer diagnosis in 2009. There was plenty of time to say, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, is this an is, so the science you guys talk about is oncology, correct? We, we talk about <laughs> aging cancer patients and uh, the things they could have accomplished and precedents for retirement ages of past justices, mm-hmm. which you can look up on Wikipedia. Uh, we're losing all of our listeners. Yes, we with are. This one. Hey, guys, I'm yeah. sorry. And we're, to- we're going to be fine. We're going to be so fine. Like, we're so positive about, like, oh. everything. I mean, next week, everything's going to be great. Right. Maybe. I mean, I think we're going <laughs> to I think we're about to enter a just another the uh, what's it? Uh, the rule. When I listen to that Chapo podcast, they're like, it's not the worst thing that can happen will happen. The rule with the Trump era is whatever is the most hilarious thing that can happen will happen. So, you know, with Trump screaming about coronavirus, the most absurd thing that could happen was him catching COVID-19. So right. like, you know, the funniest thing that could happen is like Biden wins, uh, immediately dies. And then like, you know what I mean? Something like that. Or like Michael Pence, like spills soup in Trump's lap and it burns off his dick and he's president. <laughs> he's president for 20 more years. We just know that he has no dick. And that's just like that changes everything. You know, it's whatever is the most <laughs> absurd thing that'll happen is what will happen. You know what I mean? How does that affect the presidency? Is it a, is it a foreign policy thing? Like, what's the, what's the main reason why it's bad for the world to know you burned off? Your well, dick? I, I mean, it, it would be the ultimate irony if after beating Hillary, Trump becomes the first penisless president. That right, would. Yeah, it really yeah. would. You know, LBJ uh, got the Civil Rights Act passed because he would force different senators to talk to him while he was like taking a dump like in a bathroom and then <laughs> he'd like purposefully get up and display apparently he had the like most prodigious member of any president and he would he would show it a lot it would psych people out because he's this like 30 foot tall man who weighs 400 pounds and he just had apparently the hoggiest hog and like it would scramble these dixiecrats heads and they'd be like i guess i guess I guess black people are people, and you know they got the so they got civil rights act passed, and like apparently his dick was a huge part of the. I think these guys really are that superficial. 
I think these like oh yeah these yeah. prep school nerds that run our country really are they do think about stuff like penis size and um you know Trump has bragged about that before he's the first person to brag about it out in the open not not just in the 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 nooks and yeah, crannies in of a, a debate yeah in a debate not <laughs> not just debate. as like a like a uh, what do you call it a like sort of uh, wild hair in a in a presidential biography. This is like no. This was covered by, ABC. Some guy from ABC, like Lester yeah. Holt, had to be it, like. Uh, and then he it, talked about his giant penis. Yeah, it was on C-SPAN. It was on C-SPAN. Unreal. So so <laughs> weird. The era. So so that's what I think. It's like whatever is most hilarious. So that could mean anything. That could mean Texas flips blue. Like that would be hilarious. Uh, that could mean, you know, Amy Coney Barrett, um, Benjamin Buttons, and she's a baby, and so she, like, <laughs> she gurgles during, you know, the critical vote on whether or not Trump gets to steal the election. Whatever it is, whatever's most hilarious it will happen. Oh, my God. I've I got to make sure to put this out before the election. Like, sometimes we've been talking about something current eventsy, and then waited a week and then it was already like, actually Matt that worked out well for you when we were talking about Trump getting COVID because your prediction was exactly correct I called it you called it uh yeah I called it straight up it's um like we were the news was breaking of him going to the hospital right at the uh right when we were recording last week and I I'm pretty sure I pretty much exactly called it of like the amount of time he was going to be in the hospital and then he was going to come out and declare that he's beaten it and the treatment worked and it's not a big deal and that's exactly what he did and what happened. Wow. You know, I'm banking on that thing that happens to a lot of COVID-19 patients where three months later they start, like, forgetting the name of their grandchild and stuff. And they're like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like a thing that happens a lot is, like, COVID has these long uh, side effects, long-term side effects that, like, uh, that you just can't shake. Now, maybe he did have, maybe he did have just an incredible me- medical care i mean of course he did but also his body's not in awesome shape so i can't imagine that a rigorous round of steroids for weeks is going to have a good long-term effect on his on his health yeah you know but how would we know we wouldn't know he set such a low bar that we would have no clue what his what his mental baseline is we yeah what would a trump cognitive decline look like Right. Yeah, he's uh, not Ronald Reagan. He's never laughed. So because he's never <laughs> laughed, he's missing like some critical portions of the of the pyrograph. Like we could tell Ronald Reagan was slipping because like he literally he smiles like he, he laughs and, you know, he can actually drool. You know what? I, with Trump, it's like I'm sure he has a lot more saliva, but he just like probably like snorts that into his like he probably uses it to rejuvenate his his destroyed sinuses. He's destroyed his sinuses with British Sudafed and, and cocaine for like 40 years straight <laughs> and Adderall that he crushes up and snorts uh, with like a pixie stick straw. And um, he's probably using his excess saliva just to lubricate his passages. He's, he's probably breathing better than he ever has. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, well, in a week, you know, actually, um, oh, by the way, guys, if we do happen to get a call, could we add a, f- a fourth person to this to this podcast later on we can there's a possibility we might have a, a special guest okay a special guest okay. i mean i can i at, at some point i will have to um i will have to like head into the room to help my wife with something so if it does happen that you guys end up getting a special guest or something like that i would really hate to miss it but you know i just that's just like it's, a heads up 
it's okay. If you have, we'll, we'll, I'm sure if we do miss it, we can play it back for you later or something. That'd be cool. Whatever. Okay. Well, yeah. let's get into some stories then and get away from sure. politics yeah. chat. Because yeah. a couple of people sent in this story, uh, including, let me get exactly who it is. Uh, Rachel Carter sent it in, amongst other people. It's, it's dinosaur buttholes. We now know what they look like. <laughs> We finally know. Uh, this is an article in Slate. I'm going to put it in the show notes, James, so you can also see it. Yes, you can sir. click on it yourself. Um, I don't know if... I, I didn't know that was a big debate in science. I mean, I've debated it internally, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, we've all considered it. But a new fossil has been discovered. So uh, the the article by Riley Black starts off by saying, for the entirety of my career as a journalist covering paleontology, that seems like a very niche... Role. Like, not a paleontologist, but a journalist covering paleontology. Like, you've not even, you're not even specializing in one science. You're specializing in reporting one science. But what if it's 40 years of that career? Then it could still be worth mentioning the entirety of that career, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And paleontology, maybe, maybe... that's specifically discovering uh, bones, right? It's not, is, is, is paleontology, does that include all uh, Indiana Jones style activities? Or, uh, well, no, because archaeology would be in, if it's if you're talking about sort of um, non-living things and things that humans have left behind, then that's archaeology. Okay, and paleontology is the study of it's dinosaurs, uh, etc. Fossilized organisms. Yes. Okay. And yeah, the paleos part comes from the Greek for old or ancient. Okay, so it's not specific to humans. Gotcha. 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 I'm caught up. I thought it was more of a CrossFit thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was uh, eating a bunch of beef and butter and cabbage and bragging about it on All TikTok. All you can drink is tequila for some reason, because that's what cavemen had. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I love these diet fads where they're like, that's not how people lived in the 1800s, and it's not how we should live now. And I'm like, yeah, when everybody died when they were 28. Yeah. Because the <laughs> right, safest right. water to drink was in beer, and so everyone just just like got d- died of literally diarrhea, a thing I get every day. <laughs> yeah, let's let's live like they did when when uh, when they died at thirty five. That's the goal. So, according to Riley, if you believe this article, um, I've w- wanted to know what does a dinosaur's butthole look like. When I wrote My Beloved Brontosaurus, a book about (laughs) dinosaur biology, the chapter on reproduction required a lot of time imagining the nature of a Jurassic behind. One had yet to be found preserved. Even dinosaur models and sculptures often demure on the point of the dino butt, leaving the terrible lizards with terrible constipation. Oh, Riley. So now I have finally a clearer view, thanks to the fossil of a horned dinosaur called... uh, Here we go. Uh, Sitsakosaurus. Is that right? Sitakosaurus. I like it. I like, Sitakosaurus. P- I like P-S-I emphasizing Sitako. I like to emphasize the taco, the tacos part. Oh, yeah, it's got a taco in the oh, middle. Oh, it's got a taco Sitakosaurus. in there. Sitakosaurus. Sitakosaurus. I want to see the artist's rendering of this, and it's just a taco with a long head and tail. <laughs> and it was just invented by a bored 13-year-old in class. <laughs> and it has fire and uh it's got wheels on the back and uh, and a sword helicopter blades yeah. and then and then goku and and him are gonna fight and then <laughs> so these dinosaurs which lived over 100 million years ago in what is now northeastern china were odd little creatures while belonging to the same branch of the dinosaur family tree as triceratops 
these Labrador Retriever-sized dinos walked around on two legs and had beaks like those of parrots, cheeks that were each adorned with a flared horn, and jutting from the tail, a spray of feather-like bristles. Now we also know that they had buttholes like those of crocodiles. Oh, that's all you had to say, is like those of crocodiles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That immediately gives me a picture, because... um, (laughs) Last night, I mean, you know how it is. Sometimes you just yeah, yeah. You look up some crazy stuff on the internet. And I was like, uh, Siri, show me crocodile buttholes. And uh, that's, uh, that's just something I do to relax at night. Look at crocodile buttholes. It is rare to get a look at something soft and fleshy on a dinosaur. We know most of what we know about uh, Cetacosaurus in the same way that we know things about most dinosaurs from their bones. Durable skeletal parts, or skeletal, depending on where you're from, are much more likely than skin and organs to survive <clears throat> to survive the fossilization process, which involves burial and at least partial replacement of the original tissues. Most of the time, after a dinosaur dies, all the soft stuff just decays. But every now and then, paleontologists find dinosaur mummies, in quotes, that preserve remnants of the soft bits, either as impressions or geologically modified pieces of the original flesh. There is no one way to make an exquisitely preserved dinosaur. Sometimes it happens when a dinosaur is quickly buried in ash, others dry out in the open for a while. For whatever reason, experts have uncovered several Cetacosaurus with preserved soft tissues. Uh, The fossilization in some of these specimens is so refined that we even know what colors these dinosaurs were. Brown on top and lighter on the belly. So exciting. Yeah. Uh, You know, if you're drawing this thing, and you, 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 you need to know which crayons to use. Yeah, that's true. The new fossil is one of the more detailed ones. It includes patches of skin and scales, as well as the ornamental bristles on the tail. The most remarkable part is a patch of tissue between the hips and the base of the tail, a.k.a. a butt. A butt. Dino butt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that sweet, sweet dino butt. Give it to me. <laughs> the, uh... Riley's really going into some... I don't know, there's a bit of anthropomorphization here, and just a, a bit of projection, maybe. The actual description of the butthole, which appears in a paper that has not yet been peer-reviewed, makes me have sympathy for a dinosaur that probably didn't expect to have its posterior formally presented in the technical literature over 100 million years after its death. Because it isn't capable of expecting things. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm not assuming that, like, body shame is a big thing in the dinosaur community. Yeah, I don't know that they would care. Especially in northern China. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, to be honest, I've never known an animal that particularly makes any effort to hide any part of its genitalia or anus region. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a very good point. I wish I didn't. proud of it. I wish I didn't know what cat buttholes looked like. Yeah. But, I mean, if you've met a cat, you've met its butthole. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> yes. As Mark Twain said, yes. <laughs> the first Anna comedian. Yeah. On the fossil, just below the tail, the butthole appears as a blackish mottled ovoid area. The paleontologist write... To the naked eye, the spot looks like a series of dark stacked bands running between the base of the tail and hip bones, clearly different from the skin around it. That's definitely a crocodile butthole right there. Yeah. yeah. What those bands mean, the paper tell us, is that Cetacosaurus had a downstairs setup known as a cloaca. <laughs> downstairs setup. <laughs> Sounds like old Greg from Muddy Boosh. Yeah. <laughs> a downstairs. The Cetacosaurus had a man cave that came with a PS5 yeah. and surround sound entertainment system. <laughs> How do, you, how do you how do you feel about you and I tonight? Maybe have a little bit of a downstairs setup. <laughs> I had a downstairs setup with your mom last night. <laughs> 
This is pretty different from our own mammalian plumbing. While we all know the old joke about a playground next to a sewage system in reference to the location of our own sex organs and waste exits. This Slate article is getting a little loose. Yeah, we've got nothing. To, I'm very much. It's very much coming clear how this person is a journalist who covers paleontology rather than the paleontologists themselves. Right, right. Um, we've got nothing to compare about compared with animals that have a cloaca. These, this orifice, its very name meaning sewer, is the only opening for the reproductive urinary and excretory systems. This is what uh, what chickens have, right? Or birds in general, I think. Well, it's a very, if you look at the picture, and as Neil deGrasse Tyson likes to remind us, you know, that, like, chickens and birds are probably the closer descendants of dinosaurs than lizards are, right? I mean, this thing is super chickeny. I mean, I'm ready to take, I'm ready to drop this cat in a deep fryer and... (laughs) <laughs> Take a big bite out of that leg. I mean, don't you want to... Wouldn't you like to walk some around... Frank's Red Hot Sauce? Yeah. With some Red Hot and you know, a little bit, maybe some malt vinegar and some fries. Just what, at the county fair. County fair, walk around the fair with a big dinosaur leg. I mean, I would do it. This thing is very chickeny. I totally get that. If they could find a dinosaur that is the ancestor of uh, waffles, that would be... Then get those two together. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like... What a combo, right? Right. It's like dinosaurs and uh, large rocks falling from the sky. Uh-huh. Um, so, so cloaca, cloaca. Yes. Do we say aca or aca? Do I don't know. I, I'm never I think, sure. Uh, Andy, I think you and I say cloaca, and I think that our, our British friend gets to say whatever the hell he wants. Sure, sure do. By itself, evidence that non-avian dinosaurs had cloacae isn't a huge shocker. While it's possible that future peer review might interpret the fossil differently, the placement, color, and wrinkly texture of the tissue all seems to line up with what experts have long expected a dino butt to look like. Living dinosaurs, birds, have cloacae after all. Bird cloacae are round or square and normally covered up by feathers, unless you've seen an ostrich evacuate and wondered what the hell you're looking at. This is really colloquial. I know this is in Slate rather than a new... It's a commentary news commentary website rather than a news reporting website but still it's a all right tone it down a bit riley crocodiles and alligators which are the closest living cousins of dinosaurs have cloacae that are horizontal slits according to a form of logic called extant phylogenic bracketing the fact that both birds and crocs have cloacae hints that the trait goes back to the last common ancestor of both groups a creature called an archosaur archosaur or archosaur i reckon it's arco that likely would have resembled a crocodile crossed with a greyhound. All right, that really now we really mm. are getting into thirteen-year-old drawing in class territory. Yeah, I mean, let's. I mean, I've, I'm a big Pokemon fan, so I, I've I've got a good idea of what this thing looks like <laughs> and what its four attacks are. <laughs> I I never Pokemon started at least started in the UK. Started out of Japan after I was I'd aged out of possible pokemon time so yes, had um, i matt that i am a child at heart and, <laughs> uh, you know what if it's a great idea i'm in <laughs> so a dinosaur butt we've known for long should look like something like a bird butt or a crocodile butt an educated guess is great but firm evidence is better having a fossilized dinosaur cloaca actually available to study is like finally getting the pony that you were always begging for on your birthday all right come on now this article is and weird seeing its, butthole. it's just weird yeah <laughs> if the pony was an anus of a a long extinct animal yeah 
the entire end goal of paleontology is to envisage organisms as they were in their heyday. That involves drawing from what we know about modern animals and comparing that to the information we have so far on extinct dinosaurs and dinosaur relatives, generating cartloads of hypotheses about what a particular feature on a dinosaur might have looked like, and then testing them against what we are lucky enough to find preserved in the ground. This new fossil tells us that not only were we probably right about dinosaurs having cloacae, but the species had cloacae that resembled those of crocodiles in particular. Though the drain pipes stashed behind the cloaca itself were not preserved. (laughs) The penis in this setup, just so you can picture it, extends out of the butthole during mating. Okay. I mean, same, but you know what? That's that's for me and my wife to talk about. (laughs) It does say this bit of interesting information. The, The fossil... Helps us imagine that dinosaurs might have had croc-like genitalia. Two, in crocodiles, the female's clitoris is so large and pronounced that the pink tapering organs can easily be confused for the male's penis. Tapering—that's that's like a nice fashion term, you know. Yeah. That's cute. It is. It's like capri pants of of genitalia. Oh I, yeah, fun and flirty. I, I'm yeah. I'm going to call it quits on this article. There yeah, are three paragraphs that's... left. You get the idea. We we link to it on the show notes as we always do. If you want to read the last bit of that story, and um, if you um, you know, if you're really into these remaining three uh, paragraphs about the the female genitalia of this chicken <laughs> dinosaur, um, you know, maybe use like a VPN or something. You don't want uh, sure. Yeah. The the NSA is going to probably start keeping an eye out for uh for you if this is really doing it for you let me put it that way we gotta get we gotta get a vpn sponsor if you make a vpn and you want to sponsor us so people can look up um dinosaur buttholes let us know <laughs> yeah I, I forgot that um i recently googled monotreme because i didn't know why that word was that word and do you know what you know what monotreme means or you know what monotremes are first of all i guess um monotreme i thought that was that uh that david simon show uh about louisiana yeah that's what i thought is that what you're talking about uh yes and also talking about um things like the uh platypus which are mammals but um yes but, uh pop out eggs and monotreme literally just means one hole <laughs> because Whoa. it's mammals that have what one hole that have basically like Whoa. cloaca cloaca Wow, I mean, but it's just crazy to have your entire, um, your entire, what is that? Is it a family, a genus, whatever? Your, your entire classification just be named based on your one wholeness. I mean, I, I think you know what? So we can't help how we get nicknames. You know what I mean? Yeah, we don't get to pick our nicknames. It's like you move to a new town. I mean, it's the old joke, isn't yeah. it? You have one hole. Do, <laughs> do do they do they call me? The bridge builder? Uh-uh. <laughs> you show that your body has one single hole to the rest of the bar. Um, should we talk about water on the moon? I like that, That's yes. a big story. I just put that in the show notes as well. Let's go for the NPR version of this story on oh, account phew. of it's likely to have fewer riot asides about penises. <laughs> you never know. They could compare like a lunar crater to a hemorrhoid or something. Yeah. We'll see. Would, uh, yeah. Do you think it is NPR? So do you think they played a, like an REM clip right before they went into the story? <laughs> like, Would no you doubt. believe no they put some water on the moon? <laughs> you know, that no, they just played losing my religion. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't go back to Rockville. Well, don't go back to water on the moon, <laughs> the rock around the earth. 
NASA has confirmed the presence of water on the moon's sunlit surface, a breakthrough that suggests the chemical compound that is vital to life on Earth could be distributed across more parts of the lunar surface than the ice that has previously been found in dark and cold areas. NASA Administration Jim Bridenstine said, We don't know yet if we can use it as a resource. But he added that learning more about the water is crucial to U.S. plans to explore the moon. The they're, discover- getting a, they're getting a big straw. Like, that's how they're going to... They're going to yeah. um, test this as they've got this big extendable straw that they got from Restoration Hardware. And they're just going to take a <laughs> sip and see, you know. Well, well now, now you can't use any straws plastic, in any restaurants. You, all those plastic straws are going to waste. And you've, changed, you've changed some straws together in a McDonald's before, right? Of course I have. What am I, a loser? I, yeah. I, I mean, anything. And NASA, NASA has a, the wherewithal to chain. God, it's got to be hundreds of straws to reach the moon. I'm sure hundreds, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe thousands. I'm sp- I mean, they always bring out that statistic like uh, all of the people in Ohio stacked on each other's shoulders can reach the moon or something like that. So why right. have they done that? Uh-huh. The people of Ohio <laughs> demand answers. <laughs> what is, what's Ohio done for us recently? Yeah, exactly. Except decide every election for the <laughs> Right. How is it always Ohio and Michigan? It. Don't fuck this up next week, Michigan, please, my people, please. <laughs> the discovery comes from the Space Agency's Stratospheric Observatory for Infrared Astronomy, or SOFIA, a modified Boeing 747 that can take its large telescope high into Earth's atmosphere at altitudes of up to 45,000 feet. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this before, haven't we? I think we have, yeah. I think this yeah, instrument yeah. has been mentioned before. Those heights allow researchers to peer at objects in space with hardly any visual disruptions from water vapor. The water molecules are in Clavius Crater, a large crater in the moon's southern hemisphere. To detect the molecules, Sophia used a special infrared camera that can discern between water's specific wavelength of 6.1 microns and that of its close chemical relative, hydroxyl, or OH. Now, okay, what if NASA... What if you guys thought you were seeing through all the water vapor in the sky, but your pilot, he's, you know, he's got a hakalugi, he spits out the window, and the water gets on top of your telescope. That's what you're seeing. You, th- you think you're looking through the telescope at the water on the moon. Nah, you, you yeah, got some water. Yeah, that's a good water. point. Like, what, what if it was raining before takeoff? Exactly. What if, what if this is just like a big distortion, and, and, and we're just making up a stupid story, and, and yeah. you're, you're ruining our day by promising cool aliens on the moon come on Ugh. so it's just rain so these water molecules if they do exist are in clavius crater which is a large crater in the moon's southern hemisphere to detect the molecules sophia used a special infrared camera oh hang on i'm just rereading the same paragraph again <laughs> you can compare those two side by side and see whether i read it better or worse <laughs> I, I got distracted by james's debunking exactly. in real time People, you have a control group now. It's a yeah. very, you know, this is a science podcast. It's, you meant to do it that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, see which one, see whether the data entered your brain better the first or the second time I said it. <laughs> or whether you were distracted the second time by the fact that you're like, he's just said this already. Why is he saying it again? Data from this location reveal water in concentrations of 100 to 412 parts per million, roughly equivalent to a 12 ounce bottle of water trapped in a cubic meter of soil spread across the lunar surface said NASA. This is not puddles of water, but instead water molecules that are so spread apart that they do not form ice or liquid water, said Casey. Does that count? I don't know, but that's a good name. For that quotation came from Casey Honeyball, who's the lead author of a study about the discovery. That's Honeyball. 
Solid name. Honey, Honeyball. Like it. Yes. Honey, Honeyball. That's like my favorite Brad Pitt movie. And Jonah Hill's great in it. <laughs> he is. He, you know he took a pay cut for that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. The data. That's, that's the one about the bear who's the major league pitcher, and there's nothing in the rule exactly. book that says a bear can't yeah. be a pitcher. Yeah, Chris Pratt plays that amazing bear, and uh, yeah. Brad Pitt uh, can't stop eating the entire movie. Can't stop eating. <laughs> the data confirm what experts have su- suspected that water might exist on the moon's sunny surface. But in recent years, researchers have been able to document only water ice at the moon's poles and other darker and colder areas. Experts will now try to figure out exactly how the water came to form and why it persists. NASA scientists published their findings in the latest issue of Nature Astronomy. And Honeyball adds, Without a thick atmosphere, water on the sunlit lunar surface should just be lost to space. Yet somehow we're seeing it. Something is generating the water, and something must be trapping it there. There are several possible explanations for the water's presence, including the possibility it was delivered to the surface by micrometeorites impacting the moon. Glass beads from that process could trap water, but the Sophia instruments cannot distinguish between water held inside impact glasses and water trapped between grains and in voids. Well, cool telescope. It can't do shit, huh? <laughs> Good job, Sophia. Yeah, nice work. So water on the moon that, that, that the Bilderbergs have been trying to keep secret from us and the uh, Bohemian Grove. Um, yeah, this is all... This goes all the way to the top, baby. Yeah. Let's is, call me when that telescope detects Hollywood celebrities on the moon. Thank you, who are molesting <laughs> and eating children. The water is fueling their... What's the chemical that you get from a child if you're a QAnon... Uh, Adrenochrome. Uh, I, was just, Adrenochrome. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, what if, what if like, one of Q's like, things was just like, there will be water on the moon, and that is how President Trump will let you know that the storm has begun. Yeah. <laughs> Adrenochrome I'd only heard of before because it's a plot point in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Is it really? Yeah. That's what tells me that Q Anon, that Q is just like an 18-year-old who just smoked their first cigarette. And you know what I mean? They, they, they're having... Their first clove cigarette. Their first clove cigarette. And you know those stupid, like, galaxy brain conversations you would have when you were, like, 18 and you, you you were hopped up on sugar. Maybe you had a sip of, like, somebody's dad's beer. And all of a sudden, you're Joe Rogan. You're, like, thinking about, like, you're seeing all of the equations flying through space like that <laughs> Windows 95 screensaver. That's what Q always feels like to me is, like, that that 18-year-old having his first deep conversation of his life. Like, everything has those kinds of stupid details. You know what I mean? Like, when I see the color orange and I say it's orange and you agree that it's orange, that doesn't mean we actually see it the same way. We're just using the same word. But what if your orange is like my fucking green, man? <laughs> have you ever really thought about Have you ever looked at your hands? <laughs> have you ever been, like, on a plane and it gets bumpy through the clouds? Like, I'm telling you, you can stand on a cloud. Like, there are some clouds... <laughs> That are like solid enough you can stand on. So like obviously yes. heaven is real because there you could build a castle there. I mean, come on. Yes, yes. Uh, and this is Alex. Oh, by the way, um, since Alex Jones came on uh, Rogan this week, I don't know if you guys heard that. I saw Twitter was blown up over oh, that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. We actually got hit up by uh, Kaylee Mackin and Kaylee McEnany. Sure, the White House press secretary asking if, if I guess she's trying to find a platform for 
our 45th president to come on a podcast. Hey, guys, I'm getting uh, a text from my wife. She wants me to come in the other room real quick. I'm going <laughs> okay. well, to head okay. to the other room because I think I need to okay, help cool. her out with something. But I'll be right back, okay? You guys just okay. like, keep going with the show. Oh, without any further ado, Matt, um, I, I want to patch patch us in with uh, President Donald really? J. Trump. I could have done with a heads up about this, but okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's, no, you know, sometimes time is running out. He's got a hectic schedule. He needs to get on right now. So uh, uh, can you hear us, President Hello, Trump? everybody on, on I fucking love science on Facebook.com. It is so great to be to be calling in and talking with you two. Probably, you know what, we, we, we're doing probably better science than I think... Then I think a lot of the people are doing better than China, better than Nebraska, you know what, better than all of them. So it's great to be speaking with you, Matt, Andy, so great to be talking to you. <laughs> it's, it's a big thrill. Yeah, I know that you're a big fan of science and have done a lot to further its, its study in the last I love years, science. So. I, I, I love to do all of the sciences. I like political science. I like, uh, you know what I mean? When Bill Nye, the science guy, when Bill Nye would get on there. And by the way, he did a terrible job with Dancing with the Stars. Not very good. He could have done a lot better. I think if I was if I was on there, I think I would probably, you know what, people would be voting me right to the top with Dancing with the Stars. So... And depending how all of this goes next week, with this week and next week and all of them, maybe, you know, it might even be years before we know who the next president is. <laughs> uh, I think I'll probably be on Dancing with the Stars much sooner than we expect. Much sooner. Well, could, you could be the first sitting president to be a contestant on a game show. You know what? Just because it hasn't happened. I'm not just the happen. city president. I'm the country president. I'm the, you know what? I'm the other country's president. You know what? I think Russia really likes the job that I'm doing. And the people that like the job that I'm doing like it a lot. And the people that don't, you know what? They don't. They're not Americans. If you don't like me, you're not Americans. You know what I mean? If you don't like Donald Trump, you ain't white. <laughs> Well, God, I'm so excited. This is also the first time I believe that a sitting president has been on a podcast. Is that true? Well, you know, Obama did all of them. You know, Obama oh, was on. Okay. Obama did Fresh Air, and he did Zach Galifianakis, and he was oh, doing. He wasn't president at the time. Was I he? think Obama even did a This American Life. I think Ira Glass oh. even got on there and said, "Obama's got a boring story that you're going to snooze through." <laughs> Welcome to This American Life, the number one nap time podcast. <laughs> And they don't even do it on NPR. It's a PRI. They were doing a PRI, so it wasn't even. It was a syndicated, okay? Yeah. This American Life. And it created the whole thing. And Ira Glass, you know, Ira Glass planned with Fauci. They did the pandemic together. So Fauci and Burks and Ira Glass, they get all the money. Every time somebody does a test, they get a million dollars. Ira Glass gets a million dollars per test. There is so much money in public radio, and Ira Glass has made a fortune off of this. You know what? America funds taxpayers spend billions on public radio, so we've got to defund it. We've got to defund what's your, it. What's your favorite podcast? I like, you know, I like the Alex Jones with the InfoWars. You know, he used to just talk about uh, aliens and stuff like that, and now he's getting into really good stuff. Sandy Hooks and all of it. I think it's great what they're doing with, you know, making up stuff. They're probably better at the information war as far as making it up than they are at doing the information, which is just brilliant, which is what people want. When you click on information, what you want is a story. So I think that they're doing great with story and with fiction and all of it. Really, probably better than even New Yorker fiction podcasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. People don't want to hear, you know, David Sedaris. Oh, oh, here's a story about my sister. 
No, they want to get they want to get the news that's made up, but it's presented like it's real. And there haven't been any problems with it so far. Not a lot of people no. driving to pizza places with bombs. So <laughs> I think they're doing, out. you know, people like it. People like, you know, they like to know that Hillary's going to go to jail. Of course she's not. And I could have done that a million times. But you know what? We're we're waiting. We're waiting to put Hillary in jail really big. You know what? It's going to be a big jail? It's going to be a really big jail. It's going to be like Jurassic Park where... Can I ask, if a jail gets big enough, doesn't it cease to be a punishment? Are you, hold on. Are you, am I on Joe Rogan right now? Are we having one of those things where you think, oh, what if we, what if we're all in a simulation? I mean, it's possible we're all in a simulation. Mr. Elon is pretty certain that we're all doing a big Oculus Rift. And you know what? I'm not so sure. I think we, we're doing Sega Genesis, maybe. I don't think that we're doing Oculus. And we had an incredible conversation with, uh, with Sonic Team. Talking with Sonic Team to de- develop even better Sonic games than they even did in the heyday of the 90s. Wouldn't it be great if we brought back Sonic side-scrollers? I think the American people demanded. What about Altered Beasts? Alder, well, you know what? We, we're not very we're not very close with Altered Beasts. I don't think that we we've been. They tried to get a deal many times and they failed miserably over and over to get a deal for Altered Beasts. But we've never been closer to a new broken axe. So we're speaking very well with the big Viking guy from Broken Axe to see what we could do. We think we're gonna and we're gonna have twice the amount of double dragons. We're gonna have quadruple dragons than we've ever had. <laughs> In this That's new a lot term. of dragons. It's a lot of dragons. And people love the work that I'm doing with dragons. Really doing great work with double and triple dragons and all of it. Yeah. So your second term, we're going to get a giant prison for Hillary. We're going to get a trip, triple and quadruple dragons, a big X, a, a rebooted side-scroller version of Sonic. It's going to be even better. The second time that we do this, it's going to be even better, man than any of the times that we ever did it. We've got lock-on technology. You will be able to insert my second term right on top of my first term, the super cartridge, and you'll be able... Now we're going to be doing the same presidency, but you can play his knuckles. I think the American (laughs) people would really love that, wouldn't they? I want a sandbox second term. I want, like, just an open world. Open world. Too many goals. Okay, have you seen the maps on those open worlds? It's just too many goals, too many collectibles, okay? And they ran into the same problem on Donkey Kong 64, and they didn't even fix it for Banjo-Tooie. So, you know, Matt, I heard a British accent with Matt. You know what I'm talking about with those Rareware games, okay? They say they're in York or something, but they're a great American company, okay? So they're great Americans. They're doing great American work. Could there be a could there be a video game adaptation of My Pillow in some way? I don't know what the plot of the game might be. Well, Mister My Pillow, we were talking about what the game would be, and he said, "Wouldn't it be better as a Pixar? Wouldn't it be great if the My Pillow guy had a Pixar movie, and he got to meet? He finally got to meet God. He falls asleep, <laughs> and he goes to God, and he and he helps God with a better pillow than he had before." And then God's nice to everybody again by the end of the movie, and he learns the language of love once again. So we were talking this, about doing a Pixar. Sort of like God as Ebenezer Scrooge, a Christmas Carol sort of God. Oh, yeah. God gets a big goose, and he feeds all of England, and it's going to be Victorian. And you know what? 
Some of that Victorian stuff is really good. You know what? We've been talking with the medical science. Couldn't we do the Victorian medical science again? So we're going to be having a new, this is true, this is the new direction. If your child gets COVID, just rub heroin and laudanum on their gums <laughs> like they did during Victorian era. If it worked for Dickens, it's going to work for the beautiful people of America. That's some solid, solid advice from our 45th president. I'm so glad you took the time to. Yeah, it's remarkable that give you, us the... it's like a few days from the election, took time out to just come to a podcast. Well, we're, we're, doing, we're doing probably better reach out than, than a lot better than Joe. Joe doesn't want to do reach out. He doesn't even want anyone to know he's running for president. And I'm not afraid of him because he's very stupid and fake. But also, I'm very desperate and afraid of him because he's going to win. Maybe. But we don't know. I'm probably, who knows? I might stab the guy. Well, you never know with me. So, you know, we had to do pretty, we're pulling out all the stops because we're definitely winning. But we also have to campaign harder than we've ever done before because that's how ahead we are. We're so ahead that the amount of campaigning I'm doing is sort of this big victory lap. I mean, you see it. Oh, I, I get it now. You yeah. see it with dying old guys all the time, how they overextend themselves because they just love living so much that they need to prove to everybody else, you know, that they can drive to the grocery store and they crash. Right. So we're doing that kind of thing where, you know, my ego is getting the best of me and I should be sitting down and reading a Louis L'Amour novel about a, a lonesome cowboy. And instead, I'm I'm insisting on exerting dominance over every living being in the free world, which is a very good sign of my genius. Yeah. Very so good sort sign. Of like, you're sort of like a... a, a Poor coronary health guy when the first snow hits, getting out there and, and shoveling the entire driveway in one go. Exactly. Paying the neighborhood kid 10 bucks. The queue, right. the storm is coming, and it's time to buy 20 gallons of milk that'll rot in six days because the storm is coming. Everybody goes for the milk. You ever notice that? Are they like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be baking biscuits for 900 people only within the next two weeks, and they buy all the milk. Yeah, what's what's your solution for uh, some of the grocery stores up here in the desert still don't have toilet paper? Are you going to fix that next term? Well, you know what? The Joshua tree, they say that they're drying out the Joshua tree, which is a huge shame. But I would just snap the the twig off of one of those brittle Joshua trees and not getting all the water they need. So why don't you just rub yourself on one of those prickly little Dr. Seuss trees? I think that would be pretty good. It probably scrubs better than even the paper. It definitely seems abrasive. Yeah, You know, people are flushing their toilets 10, 15, 25 times. This is true. And it's because of the windmills. You've got those big windmills by the Pachanga Casino, and it's making all the water go bad. And then people are trying to flush their Joshua trees down the toilet. And we need big toilets that can take the Joshua trees that people are wiping their butts with. So I think we're doing great work with it. Probably bigger toilets than we've ever had before. And I'm personally going to punch every cancer-causing windmill. That is a promise from Mr. Dada J. Trump. Punching every windmill and a quadruple dragon reboot. This is, I, I'm sold. I was on the fence. I was one of the undecideds until this podcast. You but. were. You, you've been very much on the fence. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for setting Andy straight there. And, uh, well, we're going to build the fence. Us. We're going to build the fence and Mexico's going to... Think about paying for it, and then eventually you'll have to pay for it because I couldn't figure it out. 
Mr. Trump, it's, I feel like you're being hard on yourself. Do no, I'm stupid and nobody likes no, me. No, no, no. You're great. Come on, come on. The now white women don't like me anymore. Oh. The white women always liked me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to make him feel better, Matt. Could I? Could I please be president just for a little bit longer, mommy? Just five <laughs> more minutes. Okay. Okay. How about this? We'll we'll let you be president for the next three or four months of hotly contested legal proceedings. Yippee! They say that <laughs> okay. they say that I get to be a lame duck, and I've said ducks aren't lame. They get to swim on the water, but they also get to do the sky. So they say it's a lame duck, but I've said I think ducks are pretty cool. I mean, have you seen their dicks? They corkscrew. So I think with duck, you're not doing a lame. You're doing really good with duck. So I think we're doing great. You know what? The dog that laughs when you shoot the duck on the duck hunt game, I think that duck will not be laughing very hard, will he? Because I think we're going to be succeeding. We'll see what happens next week. But but no matter what, we're very appreciative. Why? What's What's next so. week? <laughs> that doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, you boys have a good day. Thanks for calling in to uh, do the science. I, I love it with science and everything, with with all of the science. You know, the guys at the beginning of the monster movie who are like, we should do something. And then the president is like, nope, we're going to do missiles. So, you know what? I like uh, science. We're listening to the science better than just about anybody's ever listened to science. So keep listening, folks. Keep listening, indeed. President Donald J. Trump, everybody. God, Matt, that was amazing. That was that. What a um, coup, Andy. I, I, I guess I, I could have told you ahead of time, but I was worried that you might get nervous or something. I, I would have done. I don't think I could have coped. Hey, guys. Sorry, I was. Uh, we had to. Uh, we had to deal with this. Oh, James. Hey, how's it go? What did I miss? Ugh. You tell no, him that. No, okay. nothing. You didn't miss anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay. Everything's good, though. Everything's good. Yeah, we're we're just okay. you know we we had this guy he couldn't find our apartment in our building, so I had to go. I had to yell at him. So very nice. Yeah. Of you. Very nice. Yeah. Of you. Um, I think we got time for a couple more stories, perhaps. Yeah. Well, like, there's another moon story that was tweeted at us that I think we should do by by Twitter account Alien DNA. Oh, nice. Both name you know and getting... handle Alien DNA. That's how you're getting the best possible information is when you're getting it from a person named at Alien DNA. Yeah, because they know. They know. So Nokia, or Nokia if you are in Britain, the Finnish phone company, has been selected by NASA to build the first cellular network on the moon. The lunar network Mm. will be part of the U.S. Space Agency's efforts to return humans to the moon by 2024 and build long-term settlements there under its (sighs) Artemis program. Nakia said the first wireless broadband communication system in space would be built on the lunar surface in late 2022, before humans make it back there. The Finnish company will partner with Texas-based private spacecraft design firm Intuitive Machines to deliver the network equipment to the moon on their lunar lander. And after delivery, the network will configure itself and establish the first LTE, which is, I don't know, it stands for long-term evolution. Hmm. I didn't either. Communication system on the moon, said Nakia. The network will provide critical communication capabilities for many different data transmission applications, including vital command and control functions, remote control of lunar rovers, real-time navigation, and streaming of high-definition video, Nokia said. So you can get Netflix on the moon after this. Yeah, and they can watch The Office before they fall asleep when they live up there on the moon. That's great. <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, this, is, this seems a little contradictory to me 
I've seen that uh, Trump and the Space Force and everybody, like the GOP tweeted recently, we're going to do a bunch of moon and space shit. And then everyone else was like, hey, what about um, people whose industries have been completely collapsed, not just by your terrible response to the pandemic, but by like just the market forces of worshiping only the rich people of this country and doing nobody, nothing for the poor. Um uh, a lot of those people uh, don't give a shit that you're going to the moon, but they're like bragging about that as some sort of national pride thing. And yet a lot of uh, Trump's conspiracy theorist supporters don't seem to be too hot on uh, data networks, wireless data networks. I think they seem <laughs> yeah. to think that they're some sort of uh, George Soros funded uh, mind control devices. So well, that, that's why they're building an LTE network rather than 5G. It's uh, one generation oh. sooner. 5G. Okay, so LTE is good and 5G is bad. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense now that I start to think about it, which yeah. is I haven't at all. I think, and I heard Boost Mobile is going to uh, put a, a 1G network up. Like they have to borrow someone else's spaceship to get it up. Right, there, sort of a sassy, yeah. affordable network. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm into that. Pay as you go to the moon. Well, you Andy, need boosters, you have- right? Yeah, Boosters Mobile. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do you, do you have another story to take us I, home? I had uh, one that appeals to me. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners suffer from. I never know if you pronounce it tinnitus or tinnitus. Maybe if I didn't have this ringing, I'd be able to figure out how to say it. But uh, I have persistent ringing in my ears. I didn't know that. I haven't told you that. Yeah, no, I didn't know you had. Oh yeah, I mean, I think I've just taken very poor care of my hearing over the last couple decades um i mean i I, it's not the worst thing it's only noticeable when it's completely silent luckily i don't live in the desert or anything uh no but i I sleep with like a rain sound effect thing on my phone not super loud but just something to have not complete complete silence um but yeah it would be cool if there were a way to alleviate that and i i've sort of held out hope that like it'll happen in my lifetime but it'll have to be through like stem cells or something i don't know but uh an article on sciencemag.org i think this was sent in by eric boisvert or boisvert i forgot if you ever figured out how that's pronounced um electric shocks to the tongue can quiet chronic ringing ears james do you ever get this or have you taken good care of your electric ear? shocks to the tongue um i haven't <laughs> licked a nine volt battery because it's been a long time since i was in first grade yeah so right. no, I mean, do you ever get the ringing i, I literally I, I licked one of them about three weeks ago when our smoke alarm was giving a low battery warning and it turned out to be faulty. Oh, my. And I was like, this is a new so battery. It shouldn't be giving a low battery warning. And I licked the battery and I was like, yep, still a good battery. And Ow. Wow. Yeah. That's a weird... Uh, it's the way so you yes, test. A, it's the, it's the way you know solution. if the battery's working. Yeah, no, I think, There's yeah, no other way. Hurt. Science has yet to find another way of telling <laughs> whether there is a current running through that battery terminal. No other way at all. Uh, so anyway, tinnitus or tinnitus, a constant ring or buzzing in the ears that affects about 15% of people, is difficult to understand and even harder to treat. But now scientists have shown shocking the tongue combined with a carefully designed sound program can reduce symptoms of the disorder, not just while patients are being treated, but up to one year later. It's really important work, says Christopher Sederoth, a neurobiologist at the University of Nottingham, University Park, who was not involved in the study. The finding, he says, joins other research that has shown bimodal stimulation, which uses sound alongside some kind of gentle electrical shock, can help the brain discipline misbehaving neurons. Hubert Lim, biomedical engineer at the University of Minnesota, hit on the role of the tongue in tinnitus by accident. A few years ago, he experimented with using a technique called deep brain stimulation to restore his patient's hearing. When he inserted a pencil-sized rod, 
Wow. Uh, covered in electrodes directly into the brains of five patients. Some of the electrodes landed slightly outside the target zone. You think you want to be very careful when you're sticking <laughs> pencil-sized that, things That's quite the volunteering brains. for trial as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that, that, that's a common problem with deep brain stimulation, uh, he says. And later, when he started up the device to map out its effects in the brain, a patient who had been bothered by ringing in his ears, ringing for many years, said, oh, my tinnitus or tinnitus. I'm just going to say tinnitus. I don't know. I can't hear my tinnitus, Limber calls. With certain kinds of tinnitus, people hear real sounds. Because I feel like if it, was, if it was tinnitus, it'd be I-T-I-S, right? Not I-T-U-S. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, for instance, there might be repeated muscular contractions in the ear, but for some people, for many people, it's the brain that's to blame, perceiving sounds that aren't there. One potential explanation for the effect is that hearing loss causes the brain to overcompensate for the frequencies it can no longer hear. And that is interesting because, like, mm. it's weird when you lose those high frequencies, you suddenly have this high-pitched ringing. But um, So further testing in guinea pigs revealed the best body parts to stimulate to shut off tinnitus. He's, he and his colleagues... Uh, tested the ears, neck, limbs, and, quote, you know, other places, he says, <laughs> eventually concluding the tongue was the best target. Uh, then limb turned to humans. They had 326 people with tinnitus sitting for an hour at a time with a small plastic paddle on their tongue. Tiny electrodes in the paddle delivered an electrical current designed to broadly excite the brain, getting activity going through a number of interconnected regions. The electrical stimulation feels a little like Pop Rocks candy fizzing in your mouth. Subjects also wore headphones that delivered a more targeted hit to the brain's auditory system. Each person heard a rapidly changing series of pure tones at different frequencies against a background noise that sounds kind of like electronic music, Lim says. Uh, the goal of the two together was to distract the brain by heightening its sensitivity, forcing it to suppress the activity that causes tinnitus. Uh, and Lim says that's because the brain can only pay attention to so many things. And over 12 weeks of treatment, the patient's tinnitus symptoms improved dramatically. More than 80% of those who complied with the prescribed regimen saw an improvement, and they saw an average drop of about 14 points on a tinnitus severity score of 1 to 100. That's pretty good. The, yeah. the treatment does feel like something that some immersive theater company is pushing you through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, who would have thought that if you have a disorder where you're hearing crazy sounds, that if you just play other sounds you're going to end up hearing something differently. I mean, this is just shocking research uh, <laughs> to hear about. I mean, I don't think you needed to hook anybody's uh, tongue up to uh, an electric chair to really get the, uh, the results from uh, replacing the sound that someone's hearing with another sound. I mean, you could... Well, I think you get the effect after they stop playing this out, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, subjects in the in the uh, in the study said that they were less bored when they were listening to music than just sitting in a room by themselves. <laughs> okay, I figured as much, but continue. It's solid. Uh, yeah, that's the whole thing, basically. The, re the results are quite impressive. Sederoth says the reduction in symptoms is larger than other studies have found for bimodal stimulation, and it's the first evidence of such long-term effects. So, I, if anybody listening is involved in this kind of stuff, I want in. I want to get rid of it. So. Uh, I will I will shock my tongue for more than an hour if that's what it takes. Oh yeah, I well, I'm not interested. This sounds weird, and I'm out. <laughs> I don't care if you've got a target card. I I I don't want to do it. <laughs> if you got a target card, you say? Yeah, I feel like these guys get yeah, a, a Starbucks card or something for doing this. So yeah, probably probably. Uh, but you guys have never experienced any ringing in your ears, huh? I have for sure. I've I've experienced oh, okay. it after being in a loud concert yeah but nothing nothing persistent or chronic yeah and you know occasionally you know waking up in the morning I've, I've had moments where i've had a ringing sound but it's certainly not a continuous thing 
Yeah. Uh, this is probably worth digging into further. We, you know, Matt, we were talking about having the author of Volume Control on, so I think we should, I think we should do that. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm interested to hear what the state of the art is in this. And I'm curious if other listeners have uh, issues with this or if I'm the only person who's dumb and went to concerts for decades without putting in earplugs. I, I think earplugs are a fairly recent thing to be... I, I mean, I know there were people wearing earplugs in the past, but the sort of high-end earplugs that you can now buy relatively cheaply that most that a large number of people are wearing at gigs that's an that's a new thing yeah like the ones you like melt uh to fit your ears or whatever yeah or even the ones i've got a pair that were i don't know 30 dollars come in a little carry case and they're it's it's not quite as good sound tone but it's pretty good oh they're meant to be for concerts so they're trying to let all all the frequencies through but just like yeah that's the idea the it's not meant to sort of levels. dampen the sound it's meant to be it's meant to be effectively like turning the volume control down. I mean, keeping, in like, general, in general, just taking care of yourself is kind of a recent phenomenon in, in human history, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it, it really it actually. I mean, yeah, we have a president who thinks you have a, like a fixed number of heartbeats in your life or something, right? Exactly. Like exercising is going to deplete your body's battery. This guy, this guy always thinks uh, has like there's there's a Michael Scott quote from The Office for every single thing he says. There is like a. <laughs> A thing Michael Scott said on The Office. He, he's always saying stuff like, "Well, your body only has a certain amount of blood, so you can't bleed too much, or you'll lose it all." <laughs> Which is true it, it, quickly. Oh yeah. yeah, in the short term, but uh... but you're definitely right. There are just safety measures. Well, like for example, no one wore a, wore a helmet to ski or snowboard <laughs> 15 years ago. Just no. One. I still I still don't when i ski always mostly because i have a huge head but it, feel, it feels weird it feels weird. like i did it for decades and i didn't die so why would it the logic doesn't work but uh, uh, skiing with a helmet thing is strange to me hey you know what's safer than uh skiing without a helmet or with a helmet um just chilling and playing nintendo not switch in the hotel that's what i'd rather do skiing. we should wrap up this episode but could you stick around to do an extra story for the patreon listeners or uh, patreon patrons uh, sure. We should probably wrap up the main episode if you can tell us where can our listeners find you and find out more about everything you're doing. Hi, if you like James Austin Johnson and you'd like more information about James Austin Johnson, you can find some more at www.jamesaustinjohnson.com. That's www.jamesaustinjohnson.com and at shrimpjaj on Twitter and Instagram. That's shrimp like the delicious protein and jaj like the initials James Austin Johnson. Thanks for listening. This has been definitely maybe science. I'm James Austin Johnson, and uh, my guests, Matt and Andy, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, thanks for asking. You can find yeah. us at Probably Science, probablyscience.com. You can find us individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. Also, probablyscience at gmail.com is the email address if anyone wants to send in questions, comments, clarifications, stories they'd like us to cover. ProbablyScience.com is also where we post the show notes and our Patreon and PayPal links. Thank you very much, everyone who supports the show financially. Yeah. Yes. And if you'd like more information about the guest you guys had on today, Donald J. Trump, be a lookout for the next season of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah. Hot tip. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, thank you so much. James, thanks for joining us. Yeah. So much fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks.